Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Today is VBPH Sunday, where we feature a message that was recently preached from the pulpit of our church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You'll hear from Pastor Adam Dragoon and any other visiting preachers who have come through our church. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Praise the Lord, amen. If you have your Bible tonight, the book of 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. And we want to begin in verse 8. If you have your spot tonight, you can say amen. amen. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. The Bible says these words, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel, took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be made my camp. The man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware. You don't pass not such a place for thither the Syrians are coming down. The king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there not once, but he did it twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore and troubled for this thing. He called his servants and said unto them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? One of the servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. And he said, Go spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him also. And it was told to him, saying, Behold, he's in Dothan. Therefore sent thither the horses and chariots and a great host, that they came by night and they come past round about the city. And when the servant of the man of God was risen up early, he gone forth, and behold, the host was compassed around the city with horses, chariots, and the servants said unto him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Verse 17, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. The Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw. Behold, the mountain was filled with horses, chariots of fire round about uh, Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite these people, I pray you, with blindness. He smote them with blindness according to the word of the man of God. Elisha, let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we come before you by the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, God, I have no confidence in my own abilities nor talents. God, I depend upon you, God. The Holy Spirit tonight, God, minister to your people. God, we pray, God, open the eyes of our heart, God, even this day, that we may see, God, what you see. Father, we pray, God, that you continue to move. We come against every distraction. 
We come against every hindrance tonight, God. And we pray this evening, God, that we may leave this place, God, with the clear vision. And we thank you, God, for all that you've done. And even all that you're about to do, my God. And once again, we are careful uh, to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. I want to preach a sermon tonight I've entitled Fog of War. To think of this term entitled, it's actually a military term. The Fog of War is an uncertainty in situational awarenesses experienced by participants in a military and in operations. The term seeks to capture the uncertainty regarding one's own capability, adversary, capability and also the adversary intent during an engagement, an operation, or even a campaign. To think of this word, it speaks of a loss of clarity in the midst of a battle. It speaks about misinformation, or precise information regarding the enemy's strategy. And most of the time, it results in compromised decisions. Many times, these compromised decisions lead to many casualties. To think that we read a story of a man of God that we can say had no clear vision. A man of God that no doubt, uh, here is the servant uh, of Elisha uh, with no clear vision uh, or no vision at all. Uh, How many know uh, that it's the enemy's strategies uh, that works against the man of God? The child of God, amen. You're here and you're saved and you love Jesus. In the hour we live in, the devil and all of hell is going to strategize against you to lose vision. I turned 45 years old and I begin to wear these. I used to make fun of people with glasses. I wasn't a Christian, of course, but I began to stumble upon some of the words I would read. It didn't make sense. And bad enough, sometimes my Mexican accent does come out when I'm reading, but it almost became a blur. And my wife, Abigail, she constantly said, Frankie, I think you need glasses. I said, no, I don't. I'm fine. But at 45 years old, finally I came to a place uh, and I put on these glasses and all things were very clear. Come on. But to think uh, that if we're not careful, amen, we can live for God, amen. And something begins to become unclear. That's the vision, amen, and the purpose and the reason, amen, God saved us from the very beginning for to think, amen, that every one of us in this place we walk in, that many times life is a mess. Very seldom do people walk into the church and things are dandy. Come on, amen. For the most part, things are chaotic. For the most part, 
Things have been damaged and destroyed by decisions, amen, that we made as unbelievers. But we step into the house of God. And guess what? Things begin to become clear. Come on. We begin to say, oh, I get it. I understand. Now I know the reason and I know the purpose. Come on, somebody, that God saved me in the first place, amen. And we begin to run with that vision that God has imparted in you and I. I want to look at first in the middle of the fog. When I was pastoring in California, we pastored a church in San Diego. And if you've ever been on the West Coast, San Diego, uh, most of the time is kind of gloomy. There's an overcast. There's a marine layer in the mornings uh, that probably begins to disappear uh, about noontime. Probably the same out here uh, with the beachfront uh, and the ocean. Uh, but one of the things that happen oftentimes in the evening uh, is that smog or fog, better said, uh, begin to move upon the highways. Again, the highways, the I-5, was very close to the ocean. And it began to hover over these highways, making it very difficult to drive. How many ever drove in the fog? I said smog because I lived in L.A. as well. (laughs) And it's pretty dirty. And things hover over the highways there as well. But you think, amen, that you can be driving and all things could be fine. And then all of a sudden you hear this, hit this spot on the road and things are unclear. The Bible shows us that this is exactly what's taking place in our text. The Bible shows us, amen, that the children of Israel are at war. How many know uh, we are in a spiritual warfare, amen? We're in a spiritual battle. Yes, uh, when you got saved, uh, you enlisted willfully, amen, uh, into the armies uh, of the Most High God. Come on. Uh, Is there any soldiers for Jesus uh, in the house? Come on. But if we're not careful, uh, we become just as, amen, the people we read about uh, in our text. uh, Here is Israel going to war uh, with the enemy. The enemy at that time uh, was the Syrians. uh, And yet you see uh, that as the Syrians are battling against the people of God, uh, it's Elisha, uh, the man of God, that begins to whisper uh, to the king uh, all that's going on uh, in the dreams uh, and bedchamber of the king of Syria. Uh, Here's a man uh, that begins to rise up with Anger, that is a picture tonight of the devil. Oh, come on, somebody. And so he gets upset because you think that he's taking and gaining some ground, but yet has to step back because Israel is two steps ahead of the game. How many know that in the kingdom of God, it's good to be ahead of the game? You don't want to be going backwards. Come on. 
But to think that it troubled this man and it also troubles the devil when you and I have some clarity, amen. When you and I understand the vision that God has put in you and I, we get saved, amen. Thank God he begins to restore things. Those are the first prayers. God, restore my marriage. Restore my family. God, move upon this circumstance. And God begins to respond. And guess what? What at one time looked confusion. It becomes very clear because that's what God does. This is what's taking place in our text tonight, amen. Here, the man of God, amen, no doubt has the clarity, but the problem is that the servant doesn't. You see, this is a strategy straight from the pit of hell, especially in the last days. As I said, we are in a spiritual war, in this battle is for your soul. Because when you have no clarity, it's that fog that once again begins to hover over your mind, over your marriage, over your family. Come on, somebody. And if we're not careful, we get confused. We're in the midst of the fog. And yet... God uses Elisha, as we see in our text, to help the man of God. Thank God for our pastors, amen. And the pastor said, amen. Thank God for our pastors. Okay, lo digo en español. Gracias a Dios por nuestros pastores. Oh, come on. I English speak Chinese. The last name is a Mayan last name. And I'm holding to my story. But you think that the Bible shows us that here is the servant of Elisha. Now think about this. Elisha was a great prophet of old. He was a disciple of Elijah. In other words, Elijah, he hands down the mantle to this man. He's been discipled. He saw miracles. Come on. He saw the hand of God move. You would think by this time his vision would be clear. Oh, come on, somebody. But that's not the case, huh? Because if you're not careful, we can be in the midst of the battle. We can be in the midst of the wear and tears of life that try to throw a monkey wrench in all that God has started. Come on. In all that God is doing, whether it's in your own home, whether it's in your ministry, come on, or whether it's even in the house of God. And folks have no clarity. That's a strategy from hell. The Bible says in verse 16, we get the assumption out of his words. There's a fear in this man when once he saw the hand of God move now he doesn't even know of what to do or what's to become to think amen something 
something was lost. Let me ask you a question. How is your vision? And we're not speaking about contact lenses. Pastor Antonio Prescott, when I was with him, he went because he reached that mid-40s as well where he had to get his eyes checked. And he had his eyes dilated, so he was hoping that by the time he picked me up at 6 o'clock, that all was going to be fine and dandy. We weren't going to be on the road confused. Come on. You see, the thing is, see, man, it's up to you and I to hold on to vision. The book of Joel speaks, see, man. That the young men will dream dreams. Come on. And the old men would begin to see visions. That which God has placed in your heart from the very beginning. It's up to you and I to begin to cultivate that. Your pastor can preach it. Your pastor can display it. But the question is, are you living the vision? The vision that God, amen, has placed in your heart. You see, in a church, there must be a culture. Oh, come on. And that culture, amen, at CFM Ministries has a vision. I got saved 25 years going ago. And I walked into a church where I began to see clearly that I can be used by God. Amen. Oh, come on. It wasn't a religious gathering. It wasn't about the mega church mentality. Come on. But a church, amen, that begins to disciple. A church, amen, that launches churches out, come on, a vision that started, amen, in Prescott, Arizona, over 50 years ago, and you and I walked into that vision, but it's up to you and I, amen, to continue to cultivate that culture. So I pastored in California. And so I had Marines. Nobody got excited about that, huh? And I had this couple, and he's been there for a while. And uh, good guy, good family, but he was a recruiter. And so my son, when he was probably about 16, 17 years old, He's trying to get a clear vision of what he wants to do. A little bit discouraged. He had just recently rededicated his heart to Jesus Christ. He was doing tremendous. He wanted to stay in Chandler. I told him, Brandon, give me a year. Help me to build this church. He says, no problem, Pop. And so he moves to California. And so we're in an area where there's young Marines that are walking into the church house during the services and getting saved. And no doubt they're about his age. They're 18 and 19. But as new converts, their lingo was all about the Marine Corps. Amen. 
So you understand there's grace, amen, until they begin to capture uh, uh, what our fellowship uh, and the purposes of God uh, are all about. Uh, But there was this older guy, uh, and he's been saved uh, for many years. And again, uh, he was a recruiter. uh, As I'm preaching vision, amen, uh, into these men uh, that they can do something for the kingdom of God, uh, he's preaching Marine Corps. What do I mean by that? Retirement, 20 years, do another term. For those that were local, because we had a mixture of two types of people, those in the military and those from the local area. Listen to what I'm saying. Behind the scenes, amen, as I'm trying to impart some clarity into these young folks, amen, behind the scenes, he's trying to bring a culture of doing something for the core. And again, don't get me wrong, I'm very patriotic, thank God for the country that we live in, thank God for those who do serve, amen, and fight for the freedoms that we live and have a privilege to be part of my daughter-in-law. She was in the Marine Corps for five years. But as I'm preaching, amen, behind the scenes, he's trying to recruit these young local men. And one of them was my son. And then word got around to this preacher, amen, what he was doing. And so I had to pull him aside. I said, listen, I said, it's fine and dandy what you do. And I thank God for your service. But at the end of the day, in this church, we're going to raise up disciples, amen. Where these men have an opportunity uh, to capture vision. Uh, Because how many know uh, Satan always wants to cloud uh, that vision uh, when it comes to the kingdom of God, amen. Uh, And I told him, uh, my son, one day, uh, he's going to be a preacher. Yes, he's young, and he's hanging around with these young bucks in the church, being discipled, amen, with these men. I said, but he's going to do something for the kingdom of God. So basically, step. And he did. Because in the church, there must be a culture, and that culture involves vision for the kingdom, can you say amen? A church, amen, and a people because it needs to be you and I that makes those decisions, amen, that begin to see that vision of what God has called you for and saved you for, amen, and it's up to you. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, 
Premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. I want to look at quickly casualties of the fog. How often do we read? Many of times you hear on highways, of course, as well. Circumstances when the fog gets pretty deep. In some of these highways you read about the pileups. You read about 18, 20, sometimes hundreds. I came across an article in Texas. All started with one vehicle that slammed their brakes because they were unsure of what was ahead. And as they slammed their brakes, over 100 cars in the town of Beaumont, many of casualties to think that is the aim for the devil against the church and the disciple and the couple. Come on, amen. It's to kill your vision. There's always a casualty as we see uh, this term that I just defined for you. It's in the midst of the battle. Uh, It's where we get confused uh, or disoriented uh, and the enemy uh, begins to advance. Uh, The Bible says, uh, do not give the enemy the advantage. Oh, come on, amen. Don't give Satan. The foothold. One of my guys, during the time I was in California, went to Iraq. And he was already a staff sergeant. And so he had his own platoons. And he was a grunt. And so he's actually infantry. He had infantry. And so they were always on the front lines. And I remember him calling me. You know, we've been praying for him. And, you know, just believing God, he gets home in one piece and gets home safe. He was a single man, but I can remember him calling me one afternoon. Again, I don't know the time when he was at, but he was pretty confused. And the reason why he was confused is that exactly what I'm speaking about had taken place. He says, Pastor, I lost most of my Marines And he began to condemn himself because in his mind, he's the only one, if not two or three, that actually stayed alive. And he's crying over the phone. And I can barely hear him because the connection wasn't clear. But I said, bro, let me pray with you. Let's believe God. And I'm trying to encourage him in the word of God. Amen. And as I begin to pray for this young man, things begin to get clear for him. He finally, amen, came back from Iraq. 
plugged back into the church and eventually moved into Houston to take care of his mother. But even today, he's in the house of God. Today, he's in a church there in Texas serving God. But it really made me think what if there was no clarity that day in his mind. He got trapped in that fog of war. You see, that's exactly what the enemy does and wants to continue to do. Again, I can't press it enough. In the last days, come on, amen. We need to have a clear vision of what God wants to do and what God is going to do. And guess what? It involves you. You see, when we lose vision, people die. That's the same thing that happens in a physical war. I did have a couple of young men that enlisted into the Marine Corps because of that one guy. And by the grace of God, one of them, he's serving under Roman Guterres right now. He's married and he's doing something for God. But he disappeared on me. <laughs> He was MIA, but because he got caught up in a culture with no vision. Oh, come on, amen. This is exactly what we see that's taking place in our text. You see, if we're not careful, amen. Now, our vision can begin to go different directions, amen. And not everything in life, amen, is a sin. Oh, come on. But yet, we have to hold on, amen, in what God has placed to us, inside of us, all the way to the end, and allow, amen, that purpose, and that calling, and that will to be fulfilled, amen. No doubt this servant, amen, and those that were with Elisha, Elisha was importing something in them, amen, no doubt to do great things and be part of all that God was doing on earth in those days. But if we're not careful, amen, the enemy always wants to distract. He always wants to get the people of God to detour. He always wants to get good people to leave, good people to back off, good people to stop completely, come on, and what that shows, when we stop, or we back up, or we get fear, as the man in our text, our eyes begin to go other places, Jesus spoke about the cares of this world, and he spoke about the seed being choked out you know this world I understand with all that's going on you see our focus amen can be amen something of this world Jesus said love not the world and the things that are in this world but if we're not careful we begin to shift the vision now it's just about building our own kingdom oh come on that's getting quiet tonight. I know it's a Friday night. Y'all work all day. But as Pastor Echo says, you can say amen or oh my. 
Come on. <laughs> to think that it's very easily meant to go that direction. You know, I had some good guys as well. And their focus was about making money. I got one more story of my son. <laughs> I may have said this here, but who knows? It's worth the saying again. It's a couple of new folks. You know, my son, there was a time where he came to me and said, Pop, he said, what do you think about flipping houses? And, you know, if you work the real estate here, God bless you. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, I kind of was thinking he's always on the computer, blah, 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 doing this and that. And he says, you know what? I was thinking, you know, you could purchase a house, then you can flip it. I said, well, you have to invest in the house as well. And there's people that have to come in. I worked construction for years, so I knew uh, that things needed to be upgraded. Uh, things needed to be remodeled before you can flip it and, and actually make some money. But he says, listen, now, what about flipping? And he began to explain to me. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, what do you mean, Pop? I said, you're not called to make money. Oh, come on. Can I preach? I said, you have a calling uh, Upon your life, uh, you need to keep your eyes on that calling. Amen. Now, I gave him a, smir- a spiritual smackdown. Amen. Much needed. But to think it would only be a couple of years later uh, that he would be launched, amen, into the ministry. Uh, in Houston uh, to do something for God. Amen. Now, but what if? What if I would have bought into that? And say, you know what, mijo, yeah, just just make some money. Take care of your family. Just make sure you tithe. You know, we try to justify things, come on, on why we don't do or why we don't go or why we don't serve, come on, or why we don't follow, uh, amen, or fulfill uh, that which God has placed. But what if I would have said those words? He'll probably be somewhere in Arizona uh, making money, uh, flipping houses. But today, uh, he's on the field, amen, because I believe just as Elisha, amen, laid some hands. Come on, somebody. On this man of God, because he wanted him to understand, amen, listen, there's something much greater than what you're seeing right now. There's something, amen, that God no doubt wants to do and reveal to you. But if you lose vision, amen, you're not going to see it come to pass. Come on, to think of the young man, Joseph, he get cast into a pit. Now, there's 20 plus years uh, false accusations come on uh, imprisonments uh, and at the end of the day uh, he's forgotten about uh, not only was he betrayed uh, not only was he lied about but he was also forgotten those that said you know what Joseph when we get out of prison we're going to take care of you we're going to help you so you make it out amen but how many know he did not lose the dream he did not lose that vision no doubt in a jail cell he continued to do what God has called him to do amen because when God places vision inside of you and I it's up to you and I to fulfill that vision you see there's many things that tries to capture our attention 
Because when our attentions are captured, so is our heart. This man's heart could have melted for fear. And instead of standing his ground and seeing what the man of God sees, he could have took off running. Ratos. I te watch you, right? That means see you later. I believe, amen, that just speaks in all languages. You see, you and I are responsible. Let us not be a people that lose vision. You know, one of the things, being able to pastor twice and given that opportunity is working with some young men in the Chandler Church. I was sharing with Pastor that even when I'm home, I'm looking, I mean, I'm getting home about 3.55, about 3.30 probably on Monday, but I know Monday nights is our street preaching nights. And I love being out there, amen. Tomorrow morning, we're going to hit the streets, come on. But why do I do that? Because it excites me uh, to see, man, uh, a culture of young men uh, that want to win the city of Chandler uh, for Jesus Christ. That edifies me, man. Sometimes they thank me because they say I edify them. But I said, no, man, uh, the feeling is mutual. It's likewise, amen. You edified me as well. Because they're excited, amen, to do something for God. And they talk about city, amen. And I encourage it, amen. Yes, do something for God. What God has placed in your heart, amen. Now is the time, amen. God is on the move, amen. And he's just looking for those that sees, amen, what he sees and understands, amen. That no matter what, in the midst of the battle, greater is he, come on, that's in you and I, than he that is in this world. The devil can try to bombard. He can send those missiles, a spiritual cataract, come on. But yet, the word of God, amen, begins to bombard back. Because somewhere, amen, there's those men. Somewhere, come on, there's those couples. Somewhere, there's a people, amen, that says, you know what? We're going to do something for God, amen. Quit warming a chair, amen. It's not about putting our name or our butt prints on the chair where we're unmovable but it's about capturing some vision amen and a vision that God has placed in this fellowship from the very beginning 3,000 churches we have plus that was just a conference silver in North in Jacksonville that tonight they're going to be launching Churches, oh, come on, we don't stop. God don't stop. The question is to you. I want to look at focused through the fog because that's what it's going to take. Verse 17, the Bible says, and Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open the eyes that he may see. And we know the story, amen, he sees the horses and the chariots. 
He sees amen all that God amen is doing. You see, when we don't see what God is doing, guess what happens? Our focus, as I said, goes other directions. You know, it's easy to become critical when it comes to the kingdom of God. In 25 years, you see a lot. <laughs> and half the time, man, when people start getting critical and negative, those are the ones that are really doing nothing for God. They're not stepping up to the plate. They're not rising up for the battle. They're the first ones that are giving every excuse why they can't uh, be uh, in the things of God. Uh, and that tells me they lost vision. I'll be honest with you. I know I'm a pastor, but some folks, I just say, you know what? I don't even want to hear you, man. <laughs> you ain't going to throw up on me. <laughs> I know this 50-year-old man, the 50 years this year, still wants to do something for God. And you can say, hey, well, you got the mic, man. You're a preacher. You are. But I know what God has placed in my heart. You know, I thank God for my wife. My wife told me a long time ago in a Prescott conference, fear of times of the unknown. But she said, you know what, Frankie? You know, oftentimes when you speak about the mission field or you speak about cities, you know, there's something sometimes, the security. But she said, I know what God has called you to. And I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. Thank God for a wife, amen, that allows their husband, come on, amen, to be that man of God, amen, that encourages vision, that encourages purpose and destiny, amen. Now, that's what we need, amen, now, because my wife, uh, she plays a major role. I wouldn't be where I'm at today uh, if it wasn't for her, amen, now, a faithful, uh, a godly woman, now, but also with the vision, come on, amen, now, to say, uh, I'm willing to go uh, one more round, come on, uh, I'm willing to see uh, what God wants me to see, come on, somebody, uh, I'm willing to do. And fulfill all that God has placed in our hearts. That excites me, amen. And vision becomes clear. You know, in the book of Joel, I said that verse is probably 228, maybe. And when I was a young convert, I ended up having a dream, and God gave me some clear visions. I was probably not even a year saved because me and Abigail just barely got back. But I was already plugged into the house of God. I really had no clue if I was going to preach the gospel. I've often asked, but I remember having a dream. And in that dream, I woke up in the middle of the night, and guess what? I was excited. I saw it very clear. And in that dream, uh, I'm actually standing behind a pulpit. Uh, and in the, in the crowd, uh, it, it almost seems like thousands of people in the crowd. Uh, and I didn't know if I was preaching. I had a microphone, though. And so I woke up excited. And I said, I'm going to share this with Abby. And I did. And she said, you know what? God would bring you to pass. She was doing the faith. 
but she loved what God was doing in this crazy man. And so she said, yeah, I'm with that. <laughs> Whatever God has in store. And so at 25 years old, God placed that in my heart. Now, fast forward almost 20 years. I'm at a conference in Chandler. And you know, in Chandler Conference, when you're pastoring or pioneering, they give us pastors a three-minute shot to give a report over the pulpit. And so sure enough, uh, that night, it's my night to give a report uh, of what God's doing in California. And exactly while I'm standing behind the pulpit that evening, uh, all of a sudden, uh, that vision and dream, amen, uh, became reality. Uh, because in my dream, uh, there was Pastor Campbell uh, and Pastor Mitchell uh, to the right of me. And so I shared that with my wife. There was nobody else on the platform that day. Uh, but when I got the opportunity 20 years after uh, to give a report, uh, sure enough, uh, as I looked to my right, uh, there's Pastor Campbell uh, and there's Pastor Mitchell right next to him uh, in the audience, amen, were you guys. Uh, there was over a thousand plus people that wasn't preaching. I was just giving a report. But right there, God dropped it in me once again. The vision that I put in you, I can fulfill it. Come on. I can bring it to pass. I can make it happen. Come on. Amen. Only if you see and hold on to what I see. One of the girls in the church that used to do our photography, she'll take pictures of conference, pictures of revivals and events. She captured that in a picture. And so the following week on our, on our board in the back where we put fresh pictures, she put pictures of conference and that exact vision and dream. What would you say, a Kodak moment? <laughs> was up on the board exactly how God showed me see but as a young man again I had no clue if I was called to preach at the time you see some of you are here and the same is likewise allow God to deposit allow amen the preaching of the gospel, very difficult to sit in our churches and dodge spiritual bullets. That's for that guy back there, and that's for that sister back there. Ain't for me. And we begin to excuse, justify, backpedal. But in reality, there's no vision. Pastor Campbell, thank God for my pastor. You know, I can be in his presence. If you've ever been in Pastor Campbell's office and you know Pastor Dragoon can testify, you're there for a specific reason, maybe even a question. But Pastor Campbell would throw what we call golden nuggets at you. You can be there. You're hoping maybe five minutes and he says a few words, prays for you, and boom, you're out. But no, you could be in his office 30 minutes and he's speaking to you, but he's speaking to you vision. He's talking to you about things sometimes that are not even what you came in for. But I noticed, amen, he's throwing things for the future. And he's hoping, amen, as Jesus spoke parables, uh, and he's throwing out the kingdom of God is about. 
that the disciples will look and they'll capture it. But not only capture it, understand. And not only understand, but grab a hold of it and make it their own. And say, I know the reason why I'm here now. I know my purpose. I know my calling. Come on, amen. And it's very clear. And then our pastor, amen, his hope is that not only when we grab it, we pursue it. And allow God to bring it to pass. Don't allow the fog of war to take you out. Let's bow our heads. As our heads are bowed, eyes are closed in respect to God. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.